Amen. Give the Lord another hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I am so thankful that I serve a risen Savior. He's not dead. He's not a figment of my imagination. He's not a made-up story somewhere. He is a God that hears me, that loves me, that knows right where I am. And so I'm able to call on Him in faith, not in hopes, but in faith, that every time I mention His name, His Word says it, that He's right there at the very mention of His name. I'm glad I serve a risen Savior. Amen. Thank you for your worship. There is just a tremendous presence of God in here right now. Amen. And I promise I will not be long today. It will be very short. We're going to turn your attention to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Starting at verse number 12 and then we'll skip down to verse number 16. I'm reading from the New King James so it may, may look a little different than your Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 12. Paul writes, Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we being transformed, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Say, that's me. Say it again, that's me. When you behold in a mirror, you see the glory of the Lord. And we are transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Just as by His Spirit. God is looking for the glory of the Lord to be revealed in the world today. Amen. Lift your hands one time to the Lord. Father, we need your spirit here today. God, we need you, Lord, to touch our hearts, speak to our minds today. God, that we have an understanding of who we are and what you have called us to be and what you have called us to do. Help us today, I pray, Father. Let this go onto good soil today. God, that it would be able to take root in our hearts. We thank you, Father, and we'll give you all the glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. All throughout the Bible, the glory of the Lord has been revealed throughout His creation. This is why whenever you start to examine all of nature around you, you start to see that God's glory is revealed through the mountains and the valleys and all of the things that created, all the way down to the very smallest of insects. And if you go all the way out to the galaxies and the cosmos, you can see the glory of God revealed in His creation. God wanted the world to know that he was not just a creator, but he was one of glory and of majesty and of honor. And he knew that there would be a society one day that would be able to look all the way out into the cosmos and be able to see the glory of God. And so this is why he wanted his word, he wanted his glory to cover the earth. He wanted it to be seen everywhere that you go, everywhere that you look. He wanted his glory to be revealed. So he revealed it through all of his creation, even of his most important creation. Say, that's me. 
you got to say it like you believe it. His most important creation beyond the mountains, beyond the seven wonders of the world, beyond anything else that's ever been created in the history of the world, stretching all the way out into the far reaches of the cosmos, all the way down into the very core of our universe, the most important and prized possession of his creation is humanity. That's you and that's me. And he said, I revealed my glory in you. It wasn't through anything else. He could have chose to reveal his glory through anything else of everything that he is and everything that he hopes that we would be. But he chose to reveal his glory in us. That's why when Moses received the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai, God began to speak to him. And as he gave it to him, that was a word that was going to set some people in line. See, now we don't always like to hear that. And as Moses began to listen to the voice of God and God began to write out the Ten Commandments, as Moses came down from the mountain, he began to glow because of the glory of God. And he had to throw a veil over himself just because it was so brilliant and it was so phenomenal that no one had ever seen it before. Moses met with God and the glory of God was revealed, but it was veiled to where all of humanity couldn't see it. It was behind a curtain. It was covered to where it couldn't really be fully revealed until now. The minute that Jesus died, the very second that he died, and the veil of the temple was rent in two, at that very moment, it wasn't just significant because now we had access to God, but now it was even more important to him because he said, now all of humanity can see my glory. This is it. He said, you're my glory. He said, it's reflected in you. And so once you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, all of a sudden the veil is torn back, it's thrown away, and the glory of God starts to shine through in your life. And as you walk around, people begin to notice and they say there's something different about them. They're not like the other church people. They're not like the other religions. They're not like the other posers that say I've got something different. It's just a self-help book is all it is. They've got something that's down deep inside of them. It's changed them. It's changed their heart. It's changed their mind. It's changed everything about them. So when you see them, it's the glory of God reflected in you. It's nothing that you did to change it. It's nothing that you did to earn it. It's nothing that you could ever do in a million years. You could never earn the grace and the mercy of God. But what you can do is you openly surrender and say, I'm a vessel. If I will be a reflection of your glory, so be it. So be it. Let it shine through me, not in spite of me. Because humanity wants to veil the glory of God because then you stand out. Then you start to become different. It's incredible. As God reveals his glory throughout all of the earth, it even baffled the psalmist David. Because in Psalm chapter 8, verse number 4, he said, he said, what is man? He started to question as he started to write. He said, what is man that you are mindful of him? He said, the son of man that you visited him, he said, if you go on, he said, for thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. You've crowned him with glory and with honor. He said, I don't even understand because if you read throughout the chapter, David starts reminiscing saying, God, how excellent is your name in all of the earth? He starts describing how good God is. He said, God, you're, you're a God of wonder and amazement. He said, so who am I that you would choose to know me and to visit me and most importantly, allow me to be the reflection of your glory? Who are we to do it? Because in and of myself, I'm not worthy of it on my best day. I'm not worthy of it. Even on the best day that I've ever lived in my short 29 years, I'm not worth it. I'm not earning it. I can't. 
Because even as though it says in the word of God that the righteousness that I possess, it's nothing but filthy rags cast before him. So I can't do it. So God, I don't understand why you would choose me, but he did. See, here's the best part about it. We don't have to understand the grace and the mercy of God. You don't have to understand the love that he pours out as long as you become a vessel and you say, tear back the veil and allow it to shine through. Because once the glory of God is reflected in your life, then something begins to change. And people start to take notice and you walk into a high school or you walk into your job or you walk into your home and something is different. The atmosphere changes. Everything changes when God enters. Everything changes because at the very moment of creation, God stepped foot out of his omniscience and he stepped into a world and every step that he took, every breath that he made, every word that he spoke, it changed the world. All the way whenever you see that as God spoke the world into existence, that finally he parts the cosmos and he steps through into humanity for the very first time. And then humanity starts to see what God really is like. They start to see unknowing love and they start to see grace beyond imagine and they start to see mercy beyond belief. And they say, who is this man? He was reflecting the very image of God. So now... That he said, I will send my comforter. I'll send something back to you. He said, it's no longer me that reflects the glory of God. He said, but now it's you. Now it's you. So now you take everything that your life has been. The ups, the downs, all of the setbacks, all of the things that you're proud of and the things that you wish you could hide. You take every bit of it, and as you offer it up, you say, here. And God takes it in what used to be a veil that covered even your own eyes. You see, because that's the thing. The veil doesn't just hide the glory of God. It also covers our own eyes from seeing what God really wants us to see. Because if you walk out of here with a veil of humanity covering over your eyes, eventually all you see is some wretched sinner that doesn't deserve anything more than what he's got already. But the minute that God starts to tear back the veil and he starts to open it up and the glory of God starts to reflect, then you don't see that wretched sinner, but you see a saint in need of a savior. You see somebody that God's saying, I'm trying to reach you. I'm trying to get you out of that mess that you're in. But the veil's got to be torn back so that the glory of God can be revealed in your life and in theirs. God needs his glory to be revealed. He needs his presence. It's that Shekinah glory that we so long to have. Because when God met with his people... He descended upon the tabernacle like a cloud, and he covered everything. You couldn't see beyond it, and God began to speak. See, when the glory of God descends upon your life, and it starts to move, he's not only going to speak to you, but he's going to speak through you. And so now, whenever you don't have the words to say to that coworker that's going through all of the things that they've got going on in their life. Whenever you're sitting next to a classmate somewhere that maybe mom and dad just split up and maybe life doesn't make sense to them anymore. Now, and the glory of God is resting on your life, then God can begin to speak through you and begin to minister to them and begin to bring hope and bring healing and bring restoration because it's about the glory. It's his glory that he's wanting to take from in here to out there. Because every Sunday... 
every Wednesday, every Monday night that there's prayer meeting here, the glory of God begins to descend upon this tabernacle. And he begins to meet with his people and he begins to speak a word into their life that maybe you needed hope and you came in here today, you found hope. Maybe you needed healing, you're going to find healing. Maybe you needed peace or restoration. You found it here today because you met with the glory of God. Or maybe you're one of those perfect saints that you don't need anything. Life is on cloud nine, and if you could go up a notch, you would. Then can I tell you, there's somebody sitting beside you, in front of you, or behind you that's not quite on that silver lining just yet. The clouds around them are still kind of gray and murky, and the storms of life are hitting them hard, and they need to see it because right now that cloud is beginning to veil them, and they can't see the glory of God in their life right now. And so now you have to be the glory of God. You have to begin to tear back the veil and say, God, shine through me. If it's that person that needs something, God, shine through me and give them healing. If it's someone that needs hope, God, shine through me. Give me a word that they can find hope. God, give them something that they came looking for today. They need answers. They need hope. They need forgiveness. It's the glory of God that changes every circumstance of every life. It's His glory that does it. We can't just have it here. I can't just take the glory of God here and begin to soak it up and love it and every minute of it in the moment that I walk out I throw the veil back of humanity because I have to blend in with the rest of the world because there's a world that's looking for hope right now. They're looking for something that will change them. They haven't found it at the bottom of a bottle. They haven't found it at the bottom of a needle. They haven't found it on a computer screen or with a bed partner. They haven't found it anywhere else. They need the glory of God to begin to move in their life and begin to impact them and the only way that they see it brother Joe was through a backpack maybe that was prayed over and that was anointed with the presence of God and we send it out and the glory of God begins to go out into that home and it begins to reach out into that family that maybe that kid doesn't understand why mom and dad yell so much he doesn't understand why dad's gone and mom's here or vice versa he doesn't get any of it but once he puts that backpack on he steps into that house and he says something's different here Something's changed. They've got to have the glory. The world is walking around completely blinded by humanity. And God's looking for His glory to begin to shine through a group of apostolics in Highland, Illinois. He said there's too many people right now that need to know what you have. You can't just have it here on Sunday, Brother Mobley, and then go out into the world. He said you got to have it on Monday. you got to have it on Thursday. you got to have it on Saturday. That glory has to begin to shine through you every day because they need God. He's looking for His glory to cover the earth. As we all stand. As long as we hold the glory right here. It does this lost and dying world no good. As long as I hold on to it right here. And the veil is still pulled over my eyes that I don't see a sinner in need of a savior. All I see is some wretched, miserable person that should have made better decisions in life. And I thank God that I didn't make those. Such were some of us. 
but because the glory of God. Maybe it was someone knocked on your door because they said, my pastor said, we're going to do outreach. I love people. I want to see people in my church, so I'll go. So maybe someone knocked on your door. Maybe someone taught mom and dad a Bible study years ago, and you're in it because mom and dad brought you up in it. Maybe you had family, but someone revealed the glory of God into your family and your life. And because of that, you have been charged by God himself that he said everyone under the sound of my voice has a command by God, not by me, not by a pastor, not by anybody else, but sanctioned from God Almighty that he said you are to reflect my glory into all of the earth. I can't go where you are. I can't work the job that you're in. I can't go to the school that you're in. I can't be in the home that maybe your family is in. But you can. God has sent you into that. He has called you to the kingdom for such a time as this. And he's waiting for someone to say, pull the veil back. And allow his glory to begin to shine through. Because when it shines through, we celebrate about the scripture. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we dance and shout about it because I feel liberty and I feel freedom. But what about the guy sitting next to you? What about the guy that hasn't even got a chance to walk in here yet because he's so bound up by drugs and by alcohol that he can't even wake up because he's hung over right now? He can't even function because he's been shooting up all night that he doesn't even know his name. What about the guy or the girl that's been looking for it all in their own places and they've been on the internet and they've been in the bars and they've been everywhere else but here? And they can't even find their way here because they're walking around with a veil covering them and they can't see it. And so now they're saying, I need the glory of God. Where will they find His glory if we don't cover the earth? If we don't allow the glory of God to shine through us and not just in us. Because it's not about me anymore. It's not about me anymore. I'm not perfect. I'm still a work in progress. But as long as I have his glory and his presence, then it's no longer about me just soaking it up. But it's about me reflecting it out to him. Habakkuk 2.14 says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the seas. Everywhere that you go, The knowledge of the glory of God should be shining through you. The Jalen, it's got to be shining through us when we knock on that door and we see that couple. And we don't know what's going on, but we got to know that the glory of God's shining through us. So that way, we didn't invite them to church. We invited them to an Easter drama, and all we did was just say a quick, simple prayer with ourselves that, dear God, please let them come. We offered to help, and we offered hope. But as long as the glory is shining through, then now it's no longer just a little piece of paper that they got on their door. It's not something that's going to hang on their door here in a couple weeks. And they don't just look at it and go, whatever. But there's something different. There's something different because it's not just some little marketing gimmick that a church can pack out on an Easter Sunday. But in fact, it matters that if we pack this place out, that we didn't just have good numbers and go home, but it matters that if we pack this place out and people find help and they find healing and they find restoration and they find a refuge from this world. That's what it's about. It's not about some drama. It's not about some performance. It's not about what we can do, but it's about the glory of God being reflected in every life of this member church.
So will the glory cover the earth? God has charged his church, not just this one, but the entire church. He's charged the church to take his glory into the ends of the earth. But for this church specifically, God has charged us to reflect his glory in this city, in Marine, in Peron, in Pocahontas, and all of these places that this church represents. God called us to represent his glory. So first and foremost, if you came here today hoping to find healing and find hope and restoration, there are people here that will pray with you and that will help tear back the veil of humanity that has guarded you for so long. That you might have never felt it before in your life or it's been a long, long time since you felt that freedom that God brings with His glory. We welcome you. Come find healing. Come find hope in the glory of the Lord. And if you have never experienced the glory of God, you've never repented of your sins, you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, you've never been filled with His sweet, wonderful presence, evidence of speaking in other tongues, you can today before you leave. And I promise you that if it happens, God will begin to shine through your life and things will be better. They, won't, they may not be easier right away, but they will be better because you can find hope here. You can find hope in the glory of God. And maybe none of the above apply, applies to you. But maybe that glory is just starting to fade a little bit. It's just starting to fade. You've experienced it. It still shines through in moments, but it hasn't shone brightly through you in a long time. The end is getting very, very, very near. And God can't have a faded glory walking through the earth because it has to shine bright into a world that reaches out to people. So will you come? Will you allow the glory of God to move in your life and shine through it, maybe for the first time or maybe for the hundredth time? Allow God to shine through. I wonder if we can lift our hands for a moment.